Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there but it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Honest, bold, refreshing. I've been searching for a podcast or blog that spoke honestly, something real and not super religious about what it's like to be a single woman of faith and somehow stumbled into this one. And I'm so glad I did. It's just so refreshing to hear from other women that speak from a place of understanding. That is from Kath B on iTunes reviewing the Refined Club to podcast. And it just warms my heart so, so much. Um, It still feels kind of weird to be like reading It almost feels like a little love note on the podcast world to you. But I just want you to know how grateful I am for your support, for you sharing the podcast on social media, for every single review that you leave, for every single DM that you send me. I read them all, not because I'm some narcissist, but because I care about the women that I feel like God is having me serve through my voice. So thank you for being a part of this community. You are so, so welcome here. And I would love to invite you to hop on over to iTunes. If you have loved any part of this podcast, enjoyed it, would you just go on over there and subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and a written review? It would just help get our podcast out there in the podcast world to more people. And that is my heart that as many women as possible could be encouraged through the message here. So thank you for being a part of this tribe. Thank you for leaving us a review and rating us. I'm just so, so, so grateful for you. All right, on to today's episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. Y'all, have you ever followed someone on Instagram for like a long time and wondered, are they really the same person in real life as they are on the interwebs. I have wondered that with a lot of people that I follow. And I had the privilege of talking with Ashley Lemieux from The Shine Project. And let me tell you, she's the real deal. She is the real freaking deal. I am so honored to get to share with you this conversation. If you do not know who she is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before we get started. Ashley has made a career out of helping others reignite the light within them. She is the founder and CEO of The Shine Project, which she launched both a movement and company from that empowers women in myriads of ways, including teaching first-generation college students how to produce handmade products that they can then sell as employees of The Shine Project. The earned funds then support the participants' educational journeys and help shape the trajectory of their lives, creating a profound ripple effect. Ashley is a gifted speaker and writer based in Nashville, Tennessee, and also inspires hundreds of thousands of women through in-person talks, the Shine Project's growing online community, and more. 
Her first book, Born to Shine, Practical Tools to Help You Shine Even in Life's Darkest Moments is slated for release in October 2019. So as you are hearing these words, this book is live and you can get it. So you definitely should go to Amazon or go to her website, theshineproject.com slash tour to pick that up. This conversation means so much to me because, man, we talk a lot about pain and we talk a lot about her super unique story. We talk about adoption, heartbreak, the court systems, and how do we actually move through pain and how do we not let the pain in our lives steamroll us? Like, how do we find joy even when we are heartbroken? And what really is so compelling to me about Ashley's words and her heart is that her insight comes from a place of understanding. Like she has walked some of the deepest heartache that I've ever heard about um, as a human and as a mother. So I pray that her words encourage you. I pray that if you are going through something, whatever it is, that you would know that you are not alone, that there is always permission to hope and actually we can find beauty in the pain so i can't wait let's just just jump in what do you say let's like dive into the deep end right now i am so grateful to have founder and ceo of the shine project speaker and writer based out of nashville where she currently lives with her husband but not for long. I think they have a move coming up she's launching her book born to shine and i just Love her tag on her Instagram profile that says, I'm here to help you uncover your power because you were born to shine. A to the men. Ashley Lemieux, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, hey guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be able to sit and do this with you today. Yeah, I I am so excited to chat with you. I feel like I've you've been like one of those like Instagram people that I've followed for a long time and I've just always been so encouraged by there's just a, a like you just shine. You really do. You're like so I don't want to be cheesy, but you totally shine and you're honest, you're vulnerable about life and so I cannot wait to get this book on my hands and I just can't wait to just hear more about you and your story today. Well, thank you. I appreciate your support and and, uh, letting me come on your platform to share it. Of course. So tell me a little bit about you, Ashley. Like, I always love asking people, was this your plan all along? Like what you're doing, where you're at right now in your life? Was this (laughs) the like grand scheme? How did you get here? (laughs) This is, wow. Um, Okay. So... Don't fall asleep yet because I promise I'm going to make this super long. But back when I was eight years old, I was so shy and I literally couldn't talk to people. It just killed me. And so I would run home from school every day and I would write down all my feelings and then throw it under my bed because that's how I got everything out. But I developed this love for writing. So if you ask me when I was young what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would always tell you that I wanted to be a writer that helped people heal their hearts. So that part of me has always just been inside. But then Mm. growing up and hearing, well, it's too hard to get published. What do you want your real job to be? Mm. Uh, And then, you know, going through college and needing to choose an actual major that I could go find a job doing after (laughs) Mm. You know, things things shifted and, and I allowed outside noise to kind of drown out 
what I knew I was really supposed to do, but it felt too hard. But however, that did lead me to start a blog called The Shine Project. And this was right at the end of my senior year of college. And because I loved writing so much, I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to get a job writing when I graduate, then I'm going to create a little place on the internet so that I can write and so that I can maybe reach somebody. I don't know. And that's kind of where everything started because I, I started this little space on the internet called The Shine Project. And then from there, it grew into a product line. It's grown into an online community for women and um, kind of has led to where I am now. Mm. I think what is so interesting about your story, and I, I've experienced a similar a different but similar idea in the sense of, you know, having this thing when you're a little, like I think when we're kids, like we imagine and we play and there's like no barriers. If you want to be a princess, you're like, I'm going to be a princess. And it's not like, well, I I shouldn't like be a princess because I don't know if like logically that'll work. Like, but now all the, all the girls have Meghan Markle to look up to. But just like, we have these like dreams and then, we're told to dream, but then at this certain point, we're told to be practical and that the dreams don't really count anymore. And then we like focus on paying the bills and kind of like what happened to me is I, in college, like I was new to my faith and I was like, I want to be a Bible major. I want to study the Bible. And then I graduated college and I was like, well, you can't really make any money off this. Um, so I went a totally other direction and was in the nonprofit world and then the fashion world as an editorial photographer. Yeah, here I am all these years later, 15 years later, now speaking to women of faith. And I've just had this like interesting full circle moment. And it sounds like maybe you too of like this old passion that was just a passion now coming back to the forefront. What does that mean to you? And what does that what does that feel like to you to kind of now be stepping into this like childlike dream that you had that maybe seemed dormant for a while? You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is I think one of the things that prevents us from doing that thing that we just know that we want to do is is fear because as we grow up, you know, we have these princess-sized dreams when we're young. But then we start experiencing failure and we start experiencing pain and we start understanding that things don't always work out the way that we want them to. And so then that causes a lot of fear and, and redirects our path sometimes. You know, one of the biggest questions that women ask me is, Ashley, how do I find my passion? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? And, and I think that in our hearts of hearts, if we just sit still enough I think we all kind of already know what that thing is. We just bury it with layers to distract us so we don't have to do it. (laughs) Mm. Um, And so for me now, bringing Born to Shine, my, my first book, out into the world feels both kind of miraculous and also completely terrifying Mm. because this is the one thing that I know that I was, that I am supposed to do. And so then I get sometimes get wrapped up in, well, what if it doesn't go as well as I want? Or what if I mess Mm. this up? Because, because then what? There's no fallback plan because this is it. (laughs) And also at the same time, it is so amazing to look back 
and be able to feel and, and see those pivotal moments that got me here that, that I can look at and, and really just feel confidence in trusting myself mm. and in trusting my, my gut because we, we, I just believe so strongly that as we just keep listening and keep taking the steps on the path that we need to be on, that the things in our lives will come to fruition no matter how difficult or impossible they may seem. So mm. it's really incredible to see it kind of all come to life. And when when you say that, I like in between those lines of like born to shine and the encouragement and the empowerment, I know for me that my biggest message comes from my life experience and my pain and my like I preach the message I need to hear the most. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious for you when you said like there were, were some pivotal moments that led you here. Like what are some of those maybe even like painful moments that led you to the road of the path you're on? So when I first started the Shine Project and we and it was just this little blog, during that time I also was finishing a senior internship for college and I was I was helping teach a class at an inner city high school that helped prepare seniors and juniors in high school to go to college. And this was a very low income, um, a lot of very limited resources. And as I met these students and, and saw their potential and also the hurdles that were placed in front of them, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't unsee this. How can I help be an extension of their voice so that they have support so that they can go to college? Mm -hmm. um, my blog had been growing. And so I decided I'd use my blog to help raise money for these students. And then that turned into an entire business where we were, I taught myself how to make jewelry. And then I taught the students how to make jewelry. And we had all of these wholesale accounts, which means that we were selling in stores and in, in large stores like Hallmark all across the country. And, you know, we had a really big team and it was just, it was crazy. <laughs> and mm. there came a point where I realized that keeping up with all of that as beautiful and as great as it all was, was taking me away from what I know knew I was supposed to be doing, which was writing and speaking and pouring into women. But mm. I couldn't do both. It was impossible. And so I had to make some really hard decisions. And so at first I thought I would hire other people to help run the Shine Project so that I could be freed up. Well, I chose the wrong people for that, <laughs> which caused even more just complete chaos. Um, mm. From that experience, you know, I learned how hard it is to to start letting go of something so that another thing can start taking the front seat and being able to trust the process of making hard pivots in your life and, and knowing that it's okay to do that because times change and things change. So that was really difficult and hard and, and trusting that the next thing that I focused on would be just as good or even better than what was already happening. Like, mm. because how do you drop something when it's great knowing yeah. that there might be something better? That's hard. Yeah, that's so, gosh, I just hear that so much. And I think it's so true. It's it's interesting. I feel like in my own life, just in the last few weeks, like the constant theme has been like surrender and trust. Mm -hmm. And when I look back on my life, like I, I see like, okay, like 
how my life has turned out is nothing like I ever, ever, ever thought it would. And, you know, I'm a Texas girl. I was a Bible major. I thought I was going to get married by 21 and have like five kids by now and own a big fat house and not work. And yet here I am in New York City running two businesses, recording a podcast out of my Brooklyn closet. (laughs) I just, you just, I just never would have thought that this would have ever happened. And I'm so grateful that like God didn't give me what I wanted when I wanted it. Um, Because it's not that my dreams were bad. It's just that like God had different dreams for me. But then when I'm now confronted again with trusting a different process, like I'm in, I'm in a new season, it's a new day and I get to trust all over again. And I'm like, but wait, like I want my plan. Like I want what's, what I think is best. So surrendering and trusting is so hard. But I love what you said, like trust the process of making the hard pivots in your life. Like that trusting that there is good on the other side of that and I know that you in the last few years have walked through some like really, really painful, devastating moments in your personal life and in your family. And I would just love as much as you feel comfortable sharing, if you maybe could share some of your story and um, what you've been walking through personally in the last few years. Yes. Yeah, so as a, as I was building the Shine Project, you know, I was a couple of years out of college, two years out of college and a couple of years married. I'm wanting to grow this company and my husband has his first big girl job out of college too. And kids were not on our radar at that moment in our lives. And we got a call that uh, changed our lives forever. We were asked to become parents to a four and a six year old. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those moments where every part of my body just knew that that was right and true for us. You know, if someone called me now and asked me and told me, you know, hey, we want you to parent our kids, I'd be like, uh, hey, no, you know, that's not, you know, that's <laughs> not something that I'm going to do. But at that moment, it was just like, it, it felt like everything in our lives had led us to that point and to be able to say yes. So we became a family of four literally overnight at the age wow. of 26. And my whole world just expanded into motherhood and learning so much about the kids and myself and expanding our family that way was just the greatest, miraculous, beautiful, messiest thing ever. A few years go by, we we raised our kids for um, over four years, so been over half their lives. And during the final steps of the adoption process, which it's also important to know that because we were permanent guardians of our children, none of us ever had any reason to believe that we would never be together. It was, mm-hmm. we were forever a family and operated as a family in any, in every sense of the word. And so as we were pursuing the final steps of adoption, we encountered an unexpected contested adoption. Mm-hmm. And that threw us into a two-year uphill battle of trying to keep our family together. During that time is when I started experiencing this new side to life that I didn't know existed, and it was really dark. Mm-hmm. It was really... And when I say it's, it was a scary time, it wasn't just like, boo, type of scary. It mm-hmm. was it was full of so much fear that it was making me physically sick. 
every day felt like I was carrying the weight of the world. And honestly, it, I was. I was carrying the weight of my family. I was carrying the weight of the future of my children. And I think one of the hardest things was that during that time, I believed with my whole heart that that, that period was, was just going to be the trial of our faith. That, that that was what we had to go through to get through the other side so that our family could be safe and happy and whole and complete. And so no matter how painful it was, there was this hope on the other side of it because I just knew that we were going to be protected and everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I went out of town for work and I had stopped traveling like pretty much altogether during this time. But there was this place I really just needed to be. There was our biggest event of the year. And I was only going to be gone for two days. And I, I also had to start living my life because I've been paused for two years in court. Well, while I was gone, I was on the other side of the country in Atlanta. And there was an unexpected emergency court hearing called. And I was assured that everything was going to be okay because we, had our, we finally had our big week-long trial coming up the next month. And so everything was just supposed to be fine. It was just kind of a standard procedure type of thing. Well, during that meeting, um, it was decided that the children were going to be taken from us and that it was going to happen within the next 12 hours. Oh my gosh. I wasn't able, they, we weren't able or allowed to tell the kids what was going on. They weren't giving me time to get home from Atlanta to say goodbye. I was told to write them goodbye letters from my hotel room um, that would be given to them. And then my husband was to get them up and ready to go to school the next morning as if it was just a normal day and drop them off. And then they were picked up by a state worker and we never seen them again. Um, that loss and that destruction of our family destroyed our lives in a way that I didn't know was possible to happen and still be living through. Mm. I didn't know the depths of that pain existed and that as a human, you could feel it. I didn't know that that amount of heartbreak existed. I didn't know uh, the amount of just darkness that, overcame our life, I didn't know that any of that was possible to feel and keep living through. Mm. And um, that was two years ago. And, and so every day since now has been a relearning of how do we live life with these new, le- I call them our new set of lenses, because mm. once you go through pain or trauma or, or just something like that, you never see life the same. But because you don't see life the same means that you have to relearn how to live in it because everything is new and different. And that's what my life has consisted of the past two years. I'm so sorry. I just, I feel like there's no words to really, I don't even know what to say, but just how I just can't imagine that pain and what you and your family have gone through and you and your husband and as as you're like living or walking into this new reality, like was there a time after your kids got taken away or maybe you still feel this way? Do you 
like have hope that you guys could ever be together again? Or is, did you really just have to let that go? You know, that's an interesting question that I actually still wrestle with because for two reasons, for two reasons, one, I know that I can't live my life hoping for a day that never comes. You know what I mean? Because, because if I live my whole life with the hope that it's all going to come perfectly wrapped together at some point and there's going to be this huge miracle, but then that never happens. I don't want to be unfulfilled. And I don't want that to take away from all the other great things Mm. that I've been given, if that makes sense. I hope I'm saying that clearly. Yeah, no, yeah. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, that hope gets me out of bed in the morning. Mm. (laughs) And, And I think what my hope has turned into is that, you know, as a mom, my greatest, my greatest privilege and my greatest responsibility was to keep my kids protected and safe. And so for a really long time, after we lost the kids, is like every day because, because they're still alive, but they're yeah. out there in the world with who knows who and, and doing who knows what. And, and the pain of not being able to protect them just started killing me. And just the wondering and the dark rabbit holes that I would go down. So the hope that I live with now is that there is a greater love than even I have to give them that will protect them and keep them safe. And I have to live with a trust and a hope and that greater love that they will be protected and that whatever is supposed to happen in the future will. And that Mm. you have to like stop it there. Okay, all my single ladies, listen up. Raise your hand if dating as a single woman of faith in today's swipe right, swipe left culture has been a struggle fest. I've experienced it at all from being stuck in the friend zone like it was my job to my dating life looking like the Sahara Desert to awkward setups to heartache to being ghosted and pretty much everything in between. But you know what I've discovered? It doesn't have to be this way. Truly, I know you're like cat. You don't know me, you don't know my story, and you're right. But I know mine, and I know what it's like to feel hopeless in this area of my life. And I know what it's like to move into my season of singleness and dating with hope and clarity and practical tools and freedom. And over the last few years, I've literally journeyed with thousands of women all over the world and walking into more freedom and purpose in their dating life. So I created a free guide for you to help you jumpstart your dating life and get unstuck. It's called Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life. You can grab it for free at bit.ly slash TRW dating tips. In this guide, I will teach you the biggest mindset shift that will transform how you show up in your dating life. And then I'm going to show you how to get unstuck in your relationships. I know you want to meet a quality guy, but it's like, how, right? I got you, girl. Then the number one thing you can start doing today that will radically transform your season of singleness. And lastly, the three things I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago about dating. This guide is for you if you're a woman of faith that longs for a meaningful relationship but have no idea how to get there. Is that you? Then go ahead and go to bit.ly slash TRW dating tips and grab my free guide, six tips to activate your dating life. All right. If you have not heard of 
FabFitFun. It is this incredible seasonal subscription box filled with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. Y'all, it retails for $49.99, but always has a value over $200. I just got my first box and y'all, I've just been having so much fun. It feels like Christmas day. Let's talk about what is in this season's box that I really, really love. I'm just going to share a few of my favorite things. Number one, there is a travel yoga mat. Y'all, I've been looking for one of these forever. It's super hard to travel and work out and stay healthy. And you just really can't travel with a bulky yoga mat. And this one is wonderful. It folds up. It can fit in my carry-on. can even fit in my purse. And that alone is worth this whole box for me. The next thing is Cosmetics Pure Vitamin C Serum. Seriously, y'all, vitamin C has changed my skin. It brightens your skin, helps with evening out your skin tone and anti-aging. Basically, all the things I really care about in my life right now. And the third thing that I am just really loving in the FabFitFun box this season is honestly the cutest picnic-sized wooden cheese board platter. And it comes with a cute little knife too. Like, y'all, I am ready for a cute date in the park and my cheese board. Y'all, there's more products that I really love, but I'm going to spare you for now. A few things about FabFitFun. You can go on their site and customize your box depending on what you want and need. And then once you're a part of the FabFitFun community, you'll discover it's way more than just a box. They have FabFitFun TV where they have like workout videos and how-to tutorials and member-only capsule sales and add-ons with up to 70% off products from their brand partners. On top of that, they have an incredible incredible online community where people share recipes and tips and Q and A's. It's honestly been so much fun. So friend boxes sell out fast. So go ahead and check it out. Use my coupon code TRW for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. As you're like walking through this, Ashley, What did that healing process for you look like Um, in the sense, like, I know for me, like I've walked through some like pretty intense grief this year with some family stuff. And when I was like in the thick of it, it was like, I felt like there was like a fog over everything, like Mm -hmm. this heaviness, you know? And that means like some days you just have to like give into the fog. And I had to like cry and not get much done or not be productive and go to counseling. And then some days are lighter. And then, then again, you turn another corner and there's more grief there when you thought it wasn't going to be there anymore. What did walking through that healing process look like? Oh man, I feel like my healing process will be for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. When my One of my therapists, because I've had multiple, <laughs> but she told me that in the grieving stages and the grieving process that usually it's not for a good year until you even understand and can comprehend that the fog can even lift. Mm -hmm. And so for the first year, my gosh, it was so dark. It was so, everything was so scary. Everything was so painful. It hurt to even just breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after about that first year, things started to lift just a little bit. I mean, and I'm only in year two, two and a half, but I remember my big turning moment 
was about this time last year and I was looking at myself in the mirror getting ready for the day. And I looked at myself, like really looked at myself for the first time in a while. And I looked lifeless. I looked like this person I didn't recognize. And I looked so sad. I looked so dead. It was like everything had just been vacuumed out of me. And I ran to my husband and I said, Mike, I cannot wake up when I'm 80 years old and regret not living my life because I was too sad to be present in it. And so that moment of just seeing where I was at in my life and having that kind of scare me enough to start trying to figure out, okay, how can I live in pain? How can I live a fulfilled, happy, joyful life while still feeling pain? Because they have to coexist. They have to. And during my healing process, what has helped me is being able to separate pain and suffering. And I learned that suffering is the intense feeling of hopelessness. But with pain, you can unattach yourself from the suffering. And instead of suffering, suffering can be replaced with joy. So I started figuring out that, yeah, things might hurt, but the depths of my joy also grew um, to levels that I didn't know existed because of how deep my pain was. So every day is this reminder that I can drop my suffering and that I can hold on to joy and keep moving forward. And pain can actually teach me instead of robbing me of all the things that I think it's taking away from me. And what do you think that pain has taught you in the last few years? My goodness, pain has taught me so many things. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, if it's taught me, and this kind of goes into the ways that I have learned that we can really shine. So if you want to Mm. go into this right now, it's actually segues perfect, but there's five things that pain has taught me that, that I have just really learned. These are the five things that we can shine do to shine even in our darkest moments. And the first one is that we don't have to be afraid of the dark. Mm. And that, that one simple little concept has changed my entire life because I think a lot of times we're afraid of pain. We're afraid of fear. We're afraid. We're just afraid. We're afraid of being hurt. And so it makes us try to run away from it. Mm. But when we can get to a place where we understand that we don't have to be afraid of the dark because the light within us is brighter than any of the darkness that surrounds us, then we can live our lives being less afraid and more proactive on igniting the light inside of us because any amount of light can light up any amount of darkness. So that's the first thing. So good. Um, The second thing is specifically as related to pain is I started asking myself the question, how can what's burying me start serving me? I felt like I was buried by so many things, pain, grief, betrayal, loss, brokenheartedness, um, not fitting into the world anymore in the way that I used to. Just all these things were burying me and I just felt so dead. Mm. So I started asking myself, what if these very things that are burying me can actually teach me? And what if I can rise above it and stand on top of them instead of be buried underneath them? And so that question 
can have such a profound impact in our lives. And again, it's how can what's bearing you start serving you? That reminds me, have you heard of the poet Rumi? Yes. Do you know the poem Guest House? No. Oh, girl, it's going to oh, bless you. Open this up? <laughs> um, yes, it literally, it's like framed in my living room, but it says, this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. And that... I just get goosebumps reading it and hearing the words and even just hearing what you just said is so profound and powerful. Like, I don't want people to miss that. Like what you just said is like, like how can what's bearing me start serving me? And how can just like looking pain in the eye? Like, I just think that's such a profound, such a profound concept. Like I have goosebumps from you saying that. (laughs) And I think it is such a big thing um, to be able to grasp because that's what really allows us to change our lives. Mm-hmm. Because once we can acknowledge that and do that work, nothing will ever be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. I love that poem. That's awesome. So good, right? Um, okay. So the third thing is the third point to shine and, and, to, and what I've learned from pain is that you have to give yourself permission. You have to give yourself permission to shine. You have to give yourself permission to find joy. You have to give yourself permission to dream again. You have to give yourself permission to be absolutely excellent in your life. And I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to shine and we dim our own light. Mm. There's already so much out there that's trying to work against us. And the last thing that we need is to work against ourselves. Every single morning I look at myself in the mirror and I give myself permission to show up as my best self that day. And I think that that's something that we just have to do um, and put attention into so that that we give who we are permission to come out. That's so good. That's so good. And when when I hear that, I just think of so many, well, I don't know if this is for other people, but for myself, I was doing an emotional intelligence training years ago now. And I had one of my coaches come up to me and say, like, no one else is telling you no in your life, but yourself. And it's like, you're flipping the bird to everyone in your life. Like, stop, stop telling yourself no, no one else is. And I think it's so easy just to like place blame on other people when really like, what you just said, like we, like we're the ones turning off the light. Like we're the ones not showing up. Like other people may not be saying no, but like we're taking ourselves out of the game. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So the fourth thing is to show up to the biggest fights of your life with love. And, you know, we have these things in our lives, whether it's, we're trying to fight for this new job or we're trying to fight for this relationship to work or we're fighting other people around us or we're fighting our pain or we're, you know, I think it's really easy to get kind of in this fight mode where it's just, I'm going to show you or I'm, it's me against the world type of mentality. And as we're going through our court process, uh, one day we 
I showed up to court and it was a really scary day. I was throwing up in the courtroom bathroom before we were called in to see the judge. And I looked at the person. It was this moment that impacted me so much. I looked at the person who was causing all of this pain for us. Mm. And when I looked at them, all of a sudden in, in my head, I just heard stop fighting and start showing up with love. I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> I this person, this person's trying to take, take my children away. I'm, they're causing me so much pain. But I've learned that the only way that we can show up to the greatest fights in our life is with love because everything else runs out. Anger depletes us. Everything else depletes us and takes away from who we are. But love is the only thing that cannot be taken away. It can't be faked by any other source. And once we start giving it, there's just so much more to receive of it. And that's mm. what's going to sustain you through the moments of your life that you need something bigger to sustain you. Mm. So good. So good. Okay. And then the last one uh, for number five is pain has taught me that as I ignite my own life, that now I am responsible and have this great privilege to help others ignite theirs too. So number five is to ignite the light of others. Being able to focus outside of yourself, being able to help other people re-spark that flame maybe that has been lost inside of them does so much for us because it helps give mm. our pain purpose. It, yeah. Once we go through something, we now are able to connect with and see other people in a way that we never would have before, but now we understand them differently because mm. we're connected just on this deeper level. And so being able to really be aware of the needs of others and to help mm. walk them through what they're going through has helped me so much the past couple of years. Wow. Girl, you have been on such such a journey. And I love what you said of pain allows us to understand people differently. Like, I feel like I can get stuck in my own little worlds and my own little sob stories. But I feel like when we look up, I think one of the most human experiences is that we've we've all experienced hurt. We all we all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. We all want to, um, we all want the same things really. And I think looking up and seeing that like, wow, this person is going through something too. I think it's so humanizing and we just never know what someone's story is, you know, like, and so I, I mean, I, girl, I just acknowledge you, like you have this like platform and you could just be pretending like all along that everything was okay. You know, like my life is good. Like you didn't have to share this with people. And I think um, you kind of took the road less traveled and invited people into your process and pain and in that like are able to set so many others free. So I'm I'm just so grateful for your courage and I want to acknowledge Thank your courage you. to sharing your process, sharing your healing and sharing like what what a life you've lived in the last 10 years. Like <laughs> it makes me feel like, man, that question at the beginning, like, was this your plan? Like, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. So just kind of maybe like closing thought, like, what would you say to someone like, you know, this very, very common life experience of like, I thought my life was going to go this way and it turned out this way that did not look anything like what I thought. What would you tell someone who's like in the middle of like, 
oh my gosh, like my life is crumbling and I don't feel like there's hope. And this is, I feel alone. I feel abandoned. Um, I feel like there's no purpose in this pain. What would you tell that person? Yeah. First of all, if, if this is you and you're listening to this, just sister, I'm so sorry for whatever it is that is, has caused this pain. And, and I am just, I'm here with you in it. And I want you to know that as painful as it is, the most beautiful part of it all is that your story is not yet over. Mm -hmm. And that no matter how dark it gets around you, no matter how dim and bleak and painful everything feels, you were born to shine. And no situation and no person and no outside circumstance can take that away from you. The most amazing thing about who you are is that you hold both the match and the bucket of water to the light that is inside of you. And I believe and know with my entire soul that you have the power to choose to use the match, to keep igniting the flame inside, no matter how small it may feel at first, keep igniting it because it will grow brighter and brighter and brighter. And sometimes the best view that we have of the stars is when we're knocked flat out on our backs in the darkest night. Mm. Gosh, thank you. Thank you, Ashley, for being here. I cannot wait to read your book. I cannot wait for millions of people to be reading your book. So just before we say goodbye, can you just tell everyone how to follow along with you, how to find you, how to get your book, Absolutely. all the things? Yeah. So I love the tribe that in the community that we have on Instagram. You can just find me under my name, Ashley K. Lemieux, and come introduce yourself. Um, and for my book, you can go to theshineproject.com slash tour, or you can go to Amazon and just order Born to Shine. I'm super excited because everyone who pre-orders Born to Shine, we are doing a big live event in Salt Lake City, October 7th. And everyone who pre-orders the book gets live stream access to it. And we're also going on a book tour too. So on my website, you can see if we're coming to your city and I would love to meet you in person. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for your heart and for the message you're sharing. And I just bless you, girl. So grateful for you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. If you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to. Follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. And I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. <laughs> Bye.